Welcome to the conclusion of Season 3. In the aftermath of their time on the island, Arcel returns home, struggling to find their places again. Let's check in with Rory. Things have not been right since his break. Arcel is getting ready to wheels down in Honolulu, getting ready to make that final trip back to the mainland. Paul, you're not feeling right. It seems as though that your handle on things is very frayed and threadbare at best. There have been moments when you've nearly broken down, nearly in a complete mess, but you've held it back as best you can. But you know that you, you need help. Doctors are sometimes the absolute worst patients in the world, but you know that you can't work like this. As soon as we land, I'm going to pull Sam aside and just say, hey, um, I'm not going to be going on the flight with you guys back to FS to Oakland. Um, something's, I'm still not, I'm not, I didn't handle that right. And there's something going on in my head um, and I'm not going to be able to work right. Or I'm on the verge of breaking down. Um, but I, so I need to go have someone take a look at it, and I don't think it can wait any longer. Okay. And Sam's been keeping an eye on him since he was clinging to her arm on the boat, because that's, that's not normal behavior for him, even in really bad situations. So, when she looks at her wristwatch, we have a couple hours before the flight. Do you want me? No. We have a couple hours before the flight. I'm taking you to the hospital. Okay. I'm not going to argue. Okay. Um... Do you want us to get your luggage off here? Um. We can take care of it on our side. I can make sure that it gets back to your place or I can hang on to it at yeah, mine. Yeah, I can just take it, uh, pick it up at, in California. Okay. I will make sure that it, that it gets to you when you're home. Okay? Yeah. We're going to make sure you're taken care of, Paul. <sighs> okay. Okay. And I'll go to the other two and say... I need to leave the airport for a little bit. I will be back. I have my phone. You two need a ride? We'll get an Uber. It should be a relatively quick trip. And I will be coming back. I'm meeting uh, Andrew. Okay. Say hi to Romeo for me. And um, let us know when you're coming back. Sure. All right. Uh, time's a wasting. Let's uh, let's get a move on, Paul. Hey, Mike. You still have a tracker on his phone, right? No, I had to replace my phone. Wait. God damn it! I would have put up a bigger fight if I'd realized that. Anyway, I gotta do some shopping. Uh, you want me to get you a lay for Elena? Paul and Sam, you arrive in front of Tripler Army Medical Center. It is a large, garishly pink building on the army base. It fits the motif of the rest of the architecture around the area in Hawaii, but it does stand out, especially not what you're used to seeing. You go through intake and triage and the triage nurse that's there. Captain, uh, what brings you in today? Uh, I, I need a psych workup for myself. Um, just... Not quite there. Uh, I need to figure out a way to get... Yeah. 
Okay, we got you. We got you. Do you need any any water? Need need anything as we get get you? Uh, water is great. Okay, I'm sure that you know this, but we got to fill out some forms. Are you okay to fill uh, out the forms now? Yeah, I'm good. Sam, you're in the waiting room, and you see that he has a bunch of forms, and the triage nurse that was there does leave leave him for a short moment, but never leaves sight of him. And you see that there are a few others moving around in the background, kind of activating, if you will, as he's filling out forms. Seeing that they are taking this seriously, I feel a little knot in the middle of my chest release a bit. And I'll, I'll kind of lean to see if I can catch Paul's eye. I'm pretty focused on the paperwork, but at some point I'm sure I look up and notice. And I'm going to look at him and tap my watch and be like, mouth, I have to go. It's Yeah, go. It's fine. I'll be fine. Okay. And I will get up and slip out, shooting him a text on my way out. Do you need me to call Andrew? I'll text back. I think he's on his way already, question mark. I'll, I'll reach out to him. Okay. Take care of yourself. Let me know when you're back in California. Sure thing. I'm sorry. And GTFO. The staff at Tripler Army Medical Center doesn't necessarily rush to treat you, but they certainly give you the attention that you need. They're taking this very seriously. It seems though that you've noticed yourself within, you know, your own practice Back on the mainland, there has been a focus to taking care of the mental health of soldiers, airmen, marines, and sailors, taking it very seriously. They get you uh, through intake, and they get you admitted. Go through the normal process of asking you about concerns and worries, and you know if you have any, any thoughts of self-harm or suicide or anything along those lines, and what level of care that you need, and you provide them with some responses, and one of the on-call doctors there that deals with the mental health aspect of things asks you about medication, if you're okay with taking any medications, if you would have any aversions to taking something immediately to cut down on the anxiety. Uh, no, I, yeah, I, whatever you think is fine, I'm fine with meds, or whatever you think is okay, you're the, you're in charge. He smiles, and he is also a captain as well, he's a captain in the army. We'll, we'll get you taken care of here, Captain. Appreciate it. That night, you are not able to sleep. You just have these images of what happened on the island. It weighs heavily on you. You got zero, zero sleep. You found a channel that has game show TV reruns and you're watching card sharks from the early 1980s and you watched you swear you watched the entire run of the show overnight a nurse comes into the room the next day captain your fiance is here oh uh yeah great now do you wish to see him yeah yeah of course we're not going to bring him up to this room because we want this to be a quiet area and safe area for you but the doctor has set up an open area, a communal area for you to meet, like a group room, because we want to keep this room for you. Okay. And they show you to the community room. Andrew stands up, bounces from his chair, and he doesn't run at you, but you can see he kind of makes a quick movement as though that he wants to, but he composes himself and walks to you as, as you enter into the room. Uh, I'm going to walk towards him and just kind of let him hug me and then find a chair 
like a couple chairs to sit down or a couch or something. He wraps his armor arms around you and his initial touch to you feels wrong. In something that you used to find comfort in, that initial touch, you were coping it would feel good. It doesn't feel good. You reciprocate the the hug as best you can, but it just something feels off. And it's it's not him. I'll just kind of file that away mentally and kinda of, yeah, find a spot to sit and talk with him. Are you okay? Uh I I think I will be. You notice he's got his hand on your wrist and take a moment or so and you realize he's actually keeping track of your pulse. I noticed that and I just let him let him do it. I can at some point I'll tell you everything. Um, but I saw something on that island and it I'm yeah, I can't even I can't I didn't get any sleep last night. It just uh, I, I don't, can't really talk about it right now. Okay. Um, are you going to be able to get... Are you going to be able to talk about it at all? I hope so. Um, I want to. It's just it's too... It's too recent right now. Um, yeah, and I knew the reason I... I mean, I've been planning on seeing you here anyway, but I knew I couldn't. It just... Something feels off, and I'm not sure what. Okay. And I was hoping, I don't know, something with meds or something, someone would be able to figure it out for me. Do they have you on any, on any kind of, you know, anything for for the sleeping, or do they just do the anxiety? Mm, uh, not yet. I'm probably going to ask them to, for something um, for tonight. Okay. And you see in his eyes, he's he's keeping a very protected countenance. It's not that he's hard to read or that it doesn't seem as though that he's being stoic, but he's maintaining control. You can see his eyes are a little bit of red, like he's trying to hold back, but you get this feeling that he's shaking. And then you realize, no, you're the one that's actually shaking. Hey, hey, um, I'm going to be okay. I know you're going to be okay. We're going to get through this. Um, we're going to get married. Mm-hmm. We're... We're gonna we're gonna make it. I found this really cute bungalow on the Delmarva Peninsula. Maybe we can do a beach wedding in in Maryland. Okay, yeah. We can think yeah. I mean we could we could go to Salem. <laughs> I think Maryland sounds a little nicer. Okay. We can do that. We can talk about it later. I'm not I can't think straight right now. I'm trying to, to distract you. Oh, yeah. That's, of course. You know, I mean, we, we can talk about other things. And because you can't talk about the things that, that yeah, you need yeah, to talk about, you. we can, so we can talk about other things. Thank you. Um, thank you for coming. Of course I'm going to be here. Do you think I was going to miss this? I think I'm just going to, like, kind of lean on Andrew and just not say anything for a while. He sits with you in silence. That silence is comfortable. He's just maintaining a base contact with you, holding onto your hand while you're sitting there and just being. A nurse comes by. The meeting time is over at the moment. Did you wish to extend the time or would you like to head back to your room? And Andrew looks at you. Um, you can stay as long as you 
You can stay as long as you want. I don't. I don't know. It's been two hours. Doesn't feel like it. You guys didn't say anything for about an hour and 45 minutes. Didn't feel like it. Time just does not seem to be working. Andrew, I'm going to stay with you forever. It's up to you. Uh, I mean, I don't know if they have to run any more tests or anything. Um, where are you? Where are you staying anyway? I haven't figured that out yet. Okay. There's. We, I've got priorities. Come on now. And he touches. He touches the side of your face. I could figure that out on my own. Okay. Okay. The sun goes down, and you spend the time in the room with him. The doctors and the staff there don't press or have you come and get you. You know, don't force you to leave. But you spend the day and he tries to facilitate conversation every once in a while, but you just don't have it in you to talk. The nurse comes by and whispers something in Andrew's ear. He nods, looks at you. Well, since I'm not your spouse, I can't spend the night. That's bullshit. And they don't want us to spend the night here in this wing. You can check yourself out. I don't think you should, though. I think you should get some sleep. Okay. Um, that sounds good. I'm, I'm going to, I don't know, Ambien, is that, do you think that's a good idea? Yes, but make sure you're lying down when you take it, because uh, I've had some patients have uh, hallucinations if they weren't ready to go to sleep. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> um, yeah, let me go. I guess next time the nurse comes by, I'll ask about that. Okay. Um, I'm not going to be far. Um, I'll be back in the morning, okay? Okay. You do get a dose of Ambien that night, and sleep betrays you. You get maybe 15 minutes of sleep, and in that 15 minutes, all you feel is heat on your back and a bright white light, and you awake covered in sweat. It looks as though the curtains and blinds are moving and there's people in the trees. But then you realize they're not trees, they're actually the blinds. And there's not really people there. You're having some waking hallucinations throughout the night. You're not entirely sure if it's the medication or if it's something else. The next day, Andrew's there in the morning, spends time with you. A psychologist and counselor have come in to meet you. They go through additional questions and go through some basic information and start to work up a program for you. They recommend that you that you stay inpatient with them for at least the week, and then they would revisit. Okay, if that's what you think is necessary. On the eighth day, you've gotten maybe a grand total of two hours total sleep. Every time that you fall asleep, you have a reoccurring dream. Also, on that eighth day, when Andrew hugs you, it no longer feels weird. It feels as though that the light of that love has stayed with you throughout that entire time of darkness, almost like a candle in the darkness. I think on that day when I notice the change, I'm going to say to Andrew, I think I want to, I think I want to check out. Okay, let's get you home and we'll we'll get you taken care of. I found some information on Somersault. We can talk about that later. Okay. 
Yeah, maybe not here. Okay. I love you. I love you too. Let's get you checked out. Steal a couple pair of those those grippy socks. <laughs> okay. Sorry this wasn't the vacation you had planned. Eh, it's alright. Did you see how pink this hospital is? It's so fucking gay. <laughs> Appropriately so. And he smiles. Come on. And he grabs your hand and interlaces his fingers in yours. Let's get you taken care of. So, we're going to consider this going to therapy. This is going to be a luck roll, initially. Okay. Because you're not being completely forthcoming with the therapists. I don't believe you are, are you? No. Okay. I would probably say something to the effect of, oh, it's classified, or some make up some excuse as to why I can't give the exact details. So go ahead and give me a luck roll. Op three. Zero three. All right, excellent. So go ahead and roll 1d4 for me. Two. You gain two sanity back from your time with the therapist there. Now let's check in with Rooster. He gets home. He might have a surprise waiting for him. Rooster, you make it home and Elena is at the base of the stairs waiting for you. She's looking at you. She has a smile on her face, but it's still kind of composed. Be careful. You're starting to look cliche here, waiting for your man to come home. I'm waiting to find out if we need to get in the car and go on a run. Run from the law. Create a brand new A-team. Call them the R-team. Help people where they need help for a crime that they didn't commit. Uh... Take out the on-the-run part, and I think you got it. We don't have to go anywhere? No, we're good. Are you okay? I am fucking exhausted, and... How's everybody else? Ah, uh, well, Sherlock, can we go inside? I need a fucking drink. Yes. Okay. Where's that, that special bottle of tequila you keep? Uh... In the... It's gone. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Where's the cheap-ass yeah. bottle of tequila you keep? Uh, that's gone, too. We don't have any more tequila left. I've got some Smirnoff. It's alcoholic, right? Sort of. Sure. Give me a bitch pop. I don't care right now. She walks over and grabs your bags. <laughs> picks them up. She goes, go upstairs. Get upstairs. This shit's heavy. I walk over, pick him up with one hand, and go upstairs. Nope, nope! And she slaps at you. Okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And she humps it up the stairs with your gear. You're able to get some booze. She lays you down flat on the on the floor and starts to give you a massage. An actual, real back massage. Oh, shit. Woman, where have you been all my life? Waiting for you. Uh, that's sounding really fucking sappy, but I don't care right now. That's okay, I'm just gonna turn on the notebook and we'll both cry together. Uh, yeah, 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 no, no, little, oh, yeah, okay, okay. You fall asleep on the floor with her working on you. You wake up later on in the night, and she's curled up next to you. I stretch, crack my neck, 
and every other joint, and then scoop her up in my arms and take her over into the bedroom, lay her down and tuck her in, and then drop face first down and pray that I can actually sleep and there are no spiders. As you land on the bed, she gets launched up off of the bed a good four to six inches as you land on the bed itself. She stops and looks at you. Oh, okay. And she smiles and snuggles with you. Your alarm goes off the next morning. Then your alarm goes off again. And then again. And then again. And then finally you have, you see Elena leaning over you and you smell green tea. You gonna wake up today? (sighs) Do I have a choice? Yes. We always have choices. Then no. Okay. She gives you a kiss on the head. You hear her put down a bottle of water. Make sure you drink half of this bottle and eat at least two of these strawberries. Okay. Yeah. Pick up the bottle. Chug. Set it down. Fall face first down again. Strawberries next time I wake up. You wake up before your next alarm. Dawn is about to break. You slept the entire day. You look at your phone. You've got a bunch of messages from Josh, your your manager over at Breckenridge. Looks like Josh is asking when you're going to come in. What day is it? Thursday. I try to remember what my excuse was. You don't you can't remember. Your brain's kind of foggy about that. And I just text still sick. Hope Monday. And then what do you do? Go back to bed? Yeah. This is the first time in a long time that he's actually slept this hard. You find yourself tossing and turning with little bits of micro-sleep here and there. Your alarm goes off, and Elena's alarm goes off, and she gets up. She looks over at you, and she sees that you're kind of awake. I gotta go to the studio. I have to go teach a class. Okay. Yeah, go, go. I'll... I'll be here when you get back. Maybe I'll be awake. A few more hours pass. Your kill streak on Call of Duty, you get it up to 50, and then somebody takes you out with a no-scope sniper shot. But hey, that's always luck, right? Elena comes in, and you really haven't moved from the couch. I don't even remember getting out of bed onto the couch, so that's a plus. You want to get some food? Or do you want want us to order in? Uh, Whatever's easiest. I'm just... This one took a lot out of me. I can tell. Alright, I'm gonna go take a shower. Yeah. I should probably do that too. You want company? She smiles. She throws her, her sports bra at you and disappears around the corner. Okay, well. I think I might be awake enough. Wait, nope. Yep, I'm awake enough. Okay. The next morning rolls around. Same thing. Monday comes around. Josh sends you a message. Hey, um, we might need a doctor's note from you for you being out this long. Can you come into the office when you're okay? I realize that, shit, I don't have my usual doctor I can get a note from. He's still in Hawaii. But, I guess I probably need the job. So, text back. Yeah, feel like shit. I'll be in tomorrow. I hope. 
Tuesday come around comes around. Do you go into the office? Yeah. No hurry, but yeah. You see Josh at your desk as soon as you come in. And you see that some of your items have been put into a box on the desk. He looks at you. Oh, Gunny, you made it. I was worrying that you weren't. You're running a little bit late. Yeah, you know, it happens when you've been sick. I was afraid you were going to miss work again. No, I'm here. All right. He pats the top of the, the box. Well, uh, you can hang on to this. Um, you want to, you know, get settled in, check some of your emails. Um, we have a meeting in about half an hour. All right. Meeting for what? Um, come meet me up in um, in the, the Team Room Patriot, okay? Okay, I can do that. What time? Half an hour. You got it. And he walks off and pats you on the shoulder. All right, Gunny. You're looking at your desk. Look at the computer that's there. All of your things are there. That I completed training glass plaque thing is on top of the box. Considering I run a gun range here, I figure, hey, I got a half an hour. Pick up the I completed training thing. Walk over to the range and uh, buzz myself in. It doesn't allow you in. Yep. Well? The door opens up from behind, and you see that there is a tall, bald fellow. And uh, looks at you, ah, Mr. White. It's what my name tag says. Yeah, glad to see that you were able to make it in. Yeah, I... Did you want to put some bullets downrange? I was hoping to. Come on in, let's get you some eyes and some ears. My name is Rico. I'm gonna. I'm the new. Uh, I'm running the gun range now. Funny. I uh, take vacation time, get sick, and uh, you know, a year ago, they wouldn't have given a shit. Yeah. Um, are you gonna be firing your what? Your standard, the M9? Eh. Let's go for something bigger today. Forty-five. Mm, sure. Why not? Okay. So I need you to sign this form. This is for the current ammunition that we're going to be uh, marking out. And you're only getting 20 rounds. Okay. Can do that. You go burn off a few and uh, fire them downrange. Are you... You have the training plaque? Yeah. Now that I've got an audience, I stick it in my pocket. Since I'm about to get canned anyway, might as well not give them any more reasons. Or maybe I should. Yeah, I'll wait. You burn off the rounds, and then you head upstairs to the team meeting room, Patriot, and you see that Josh is standing there by the door, and you see that there is a woman dressed in a smart suit and a older fellow with the short white cropped hair. He's in his 70s or so. Wow, this is what you get for getting the flu knock you on your ass? Come on in. Um, have a seat. <sighs> All right. Look, I don't need the compliment shit sandwich. Just give it to me straight. The woman pushes a couple pieces of paper forward. These items are unaccounted for. You are the last person to deal with this uh, ammunition as well as these firearms. The M4s are not currently in the armory. Now, we understand that 
in your position, you do have some gunsmithing. Have you taken these items out of the compound and just simply not marked them? No? That's weird. I look up at Josh. You know me. I'm exacting with everything. I'm the guy who makes sure none of the recruits are pulling shit with any of it. Yeah, gunnies are usually on top of things. Okay. Well, it is something that we do need to check into. With the missing gear, we do have to set up an investigation. Now, this is your third investigation within us, and the other two have been inconclusive. I do want to let you know that, depending on the outcome of this, this could lead to termination. So you're saying that I get three strikes because I didn't do anything the first two times? No, no, no. I'm just letting you know how it looks. Right. We're not terminating you now. We are going to move you from the range, though, because we do wish to keep you on as an employee. We have a position. uh, We're going to move you over to analyst per your contract. We are able to do so. You'll be assigned to the analyst team as of today. The major here will be your new supervisor. Guy puts his hand up and waves. The former major, not a major now. He stands up. Gunny White, pleased to meet you. I take a little bit too long, but I finally stand up. Name's Eric Bowman. We're gonna have you, we're gonna bring you on as an analyst. You've spent some time in Afghanistan. There has been a renewed interest in Afghanistan for our type of work in our organizations. Alright, so what am I analyzing? Uh, we're gonna look at combat readiness of locals as well as different regions also determine uh, potential bases for our company. Since the United States military has withdrawn from Afghanistan, there needs to be some sort of presence that is not the Taliban. What about ISK? That's always a worry and a concern. Can I expect you here tomorrow morning at 8? Where's my new office? We're in the south building. We're not over here. Sorry, we're taking you away from the range. Alright. 8 o'clock. Look forward to seeing you. Josh walks over, pats you on the on the side. See, that wasn't so bad. I shrug my shoulder, kind of get the grease off my shirt. Okay, Ben, so we're going to work on improving your stat. We're going to do uh, military science for that scene. Does that sound like that would be right? Uh, that or bureaucracy, probably, but I'd rather have military science. All right, I think military sirens, science fits. So I'm going to need you to roll your skill. If you uh, succeed at your skill, then it will go up by one. But if you fail, then you'll get to roll an additional dice to increase the skill by. Go ahead and give me a roll. 22. That's a critical success. But that doesn't help you here because we don't care about the criticals. We just want to see if you succeed or fail. So that does boost your military science skill up by one. So not too bad. Increase is an increase. What's that up to you now? 66, which helps on the crits. Yeah. Ooh. I wonder how we'll use that if you roll a 66 on your military science with my roll plus the critical success roll. Ooh, super special, uh, fantastic roll. Like a thermonuclear bomb being dropped on a you know lonely Pacific island. All right, let's check in with the river. Maybe something's going to go on with Javier. Let's find out. Mike, you return home 
and Jen and Katie are happy to see you. You had some layover time in Hawaii, and Katie's eyes light up as she sees you walking to the door. Hi, I'm back. Jen looks at you. Her eyes are a little, little red and teary. I, I knew you would make it back. We don't have to, we don't have to move, do we? No, we shouldn't have to move. Okay. All right. And she gives you a big hug and a big kiss. Katie keeps looking behind you because you've got a hand behind your back. Looking for something? Yeah. Oh, you thought I'd forgotten, did you? You don't forget anything. We'll leave it at that. Here, how does this look? And he brings out a a lay. That's so pretty. She ducks her head and you put it around her neck. She brings it to her nose and she takes a deep breath in. Oh, it smells so beautiful. Thank you. And she reaches up and gives you a kiss on the cheek. And she runs off smiling and then she stops at the door and she looks at you. And with two fingers, she points them to her eyes. And then she points them at you and smiles. And I give her a little thumbs up. So, do you have any time left with your vacation? Well, I mean, I told them that it might be as much as two weeks, but I'm not sure how much I want to push my luck. Do you have... Mike, do you have to go anywhere else? Are are you home now? Uh, there's nothing else that I know of. How about we have a little bit of family time? I would love that. You spend the next week with Jen and Katie doing family stuff. It's summer break, so right now Katie is off of school. So just doing things out and about. You get a text message. It's from Javier. Hey, buddy. How you doing? Want to go for a hike? Yeah, I, I think I'd like to do that. All right, well, I'll be in the area, and I'll shoot you a message a little bit later on this week. Sound good? Absolutely. You set your calendar to go hiking with Javier, and when you return to work, three of your colleagues see you and give you a wave, and they're like, Hey, Mike! Trevor, who is late 20s, Mid Middle California, Central California comes up. Mike, we're going hiking in in a couple days. Uh, we got a great spot for a trail. You want to come? We know that you like uh, going out backpacking and stuff, right? Brah, it'll be sick. Sure. Is it what? Is this a work thing or your families or? Nah, it's me. It's gonna be me, Doug, and uh, and and Barbara. Oh, that sounds like fun. You know, and you can come too. You know. Oh. Hey, um, my my buddy I usually go hiking with, we've been trying to find a day, day to do it. Uh, I'm not sure if he's available, but would it be okay if he joined us? Sure. Yeah, more the merrier, man. It'll be hella sick. Have more people in. We meet up with cool folks. Dope. Yeah, dope. All right, man. You know, and we don't have to really worry about work and just, just, get, just get on out. Maybe we can go hit the Merwoods and, and go check up the, uh, you know, the, the, the big old Redwoods. Yeah, that's a nice spot. All right. Sick. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go tell tell the crew. And uh, yeah, so let's let's set that up for... Uh, uh, what's today? Today is uh, 
Man, what is today? He looks at you and his eyes are kind of glazed over a little bit. Um, I don't know. Is it Monday? Well, you were out for a while. Sometimes, you know, we're just double checking to see if you know what day it is, right? And he winks at you. You know, sometimes I feel like a day just completely disappears on me. <laughs> I've been there, man. Oh, big mood. So, so when do you when do you want to do this? Next weekend or? You know, what, let's do. Yeah, let's hit it up Saturday. Okay, that sounds like a plan. Toad Saturday. Now I'm gonna text to Javier saying, "Hey, uh, some uh, coworkers are gonna hike me our woods Saturday. Want to join?" Javier responds back, "Saturday works great. See you at 7 a.m." Play it on that. I'll confirm the time. You get a thumbs up emoji back. Saturday morning rolls around. Your entire week back in the office, and you were deluged in paperwork. Well, since you're the EPA, you guys try to be as paperless as possible. So it's a matter of emails. Email after email after email and digital correspondence. Your newest boss, Brayden, has uh, been very understanding about your time off and defers to you in a lot of things. He has a much different managerial style than you're used to. You're not entirely sure how he got this supervisor position, but he did, and he seems to be very, very pro-worker. Better than some other uh, iron-fisted, dictatorial managers that you've had in the past. Saturday morning rolls around, and Barbara, Trevor, and Doug are, you know, stretching as they've all parked in the parking lot there in Woods, And... You see Javier standing by the trailhead. He got his leg kicked up, leaning against the post. He waves at you. Hey, Javier. Too long. It's been a while. Yeah. Been a while. Um, Do we want to head out and have them catch up, or do we want to go out as a group? Quietly. Not really sure how experienced these people are. Let's let them go in front. All right. Sounds good. Trevor walks his way over to you. He's like, hey, glad you could make it. Barbara, she smiles and, and waves at you. And uh, Doug cracks a smile. And you notice that they've got the newest gear from REI, though Trevor's stuff does look a little bit more, uh, looks loved and broken in. Oh, I love this place. These trees are hella tall. Like, I've always wanted to try to climb one all the way to the top, but I'm afraid I would fall. I don't know if I'd have a parachute or not. Oh, I wonder if anybody's ever base jumped off of these. That'd be sick, man. Don't know if that would be a good idea. Up the coast, I think there's some places do zip lining. Oh, maybe we can do that as a team builder. Do you think we can get Braden to to approve that? I don't know. Um, you know, he he's he's pretty new to me. Uh, I think you you might have a better idea of his uh, attitude than I do. Honestly, that kid is sus. Straight up sus. No cap, I'm not entirely sure where he's coming from, but I'm digging it. Yeah, he was uh, seemed very friendly and uh, non-demanding. That's weird. Weird. But that's okay. All right, well, hey, let's, let's head off. It's a beautiful day. And he kind of heads off and motions for everybody to uh, come by. Javier whispers in your ear, What the fuck is up with that guy? Oh, he's... He's kind of a character. Yeah, it's character for sure. It's like somebody made him up on the fucking go. Well, you know, he tries. 
You hike with the crew through a pretty long hike. Uh, throughout the Mur Woods, there's different paths that you can take, and you've been here a few times, and it's a beautiful hike. The air is fresh, and you get the nice mulch smell from, from the canopy, from everything you know on the ground, and it's a real pleasant day. You're able to chat with Barbara and Trevor and Doug, and you find out more about them. They've all moved from different parts of the country because folks uh, don't stay in one place very long anymore. And But they all seem to have nestled in well in the EPA. When you make it back to the car, right before you get to the trailhead, Javier kind of pulls you back. Hey, um, I'm going to bounce out over here. It was really good hanging with you. It's good to see you. I'm glad, glad you're doing okay. All right. Uh, is everything okay with you? Yeah, yeah, everything's okay. I'm gonna. I made it. Made it a point. I'm trying to find my brothers. Um, gonna be more active in getting the family back together. You lost track of them again. Yeah, they. Look, um, I try to keep track, but they're just, you know, Cesar. Cesar just disappears on occasion. So, but, you know, I'm gonna. I'm gonna work on it. So. Yeah. Uh can be hard to find somebody with no headdress. Yeah, I'm gonna try though. How, how's Julio doing? Um, I reached out. We're gonna try changing doctors with Julio. Man, get him into a different hospital if you can. He really likes it there, but I'm gonna see if we can get him a different doctor, different meds. Yeah. Okay. But I'm I'm really glad. I'm so glad that you that you helped find him for me. Well, glad I could help. Some weirdest thing. All right, well, he looks at his watch. All right, I'm going What? Some weirdest thing. Did you know they both think you're dead? If you know, if you haven't noticed, they both have their issues, man. Yep. Well, you take care, and uh, I'm going to try to be more in touch. He smiles. I've heard that before. I've heard that since we graduated. That's okay. We get together enough. Thanks. You're, you're a good friend. He gives you a hug and then he heads off. As you're walking to your car, Trevor comes up to you. Man, this was so good. I really enjoy this. It's a shame your buddy couldn't make it. Okay, Seth, for River, I would like for you to roll 1d4. And this is going to strengthen your bond with your EPA teammates. That was a one. Trevor thinks that's sick. Thanks, Trevor. Now let's check in with the Rainbow House and Rowan as she gets home. She's got an important meeting coming up. Agent Rowan, your wheel's down in Oakland. You're one member short, so it doesn't necessarily feel good coming home. But you know that they're getting care. So it's better than them better than them coming home uncared for. Rooster heads off. Mike heads off. And yes, we're calling Jeremy Rooster because he's Rooster. I mean, he can be quite the cock. He has the walk. Hmm. You get home and you realize that you have a call to make. Yeah. Did you want to call that right away? At this point, I'm still in mission mode. So I want to get this over with. I'm not even going to go into the house yet. 
I'm going to place the call still sitting in my car. Because once I go inside, I want to lock down and try to sleep. You make an outbound call and it rings to a busy, disconnected number. And I hang up and then wait. It rings. It rings back. Yeah, I expected that. I'll answer it. Rowan? Present and accounted for. Everyone else? Everyone survived. Others? Some unknown. There's a lot more than I can put into a phone call. I believe you said something about a face-to-face debrief. If you want me to put it all into writing and send it to you, then I will, but my thoughts are everywhere tonight. Tomorrow, 8 a.m., we'll meet at the Starbucks around the corner from your office. Does it have to be a Starbucks? Yes. Yes, sir. I look forward to seeing you. Likewise. And with that, the line goes dead. And Rowan just sits in her car for a couple of minutes, her hands clenched around the wheel, her knuckles white. She has maintained control of herself all this way. Even driving by herself, she hasn't let herself really think about everything, but she can't stop thinking about the look in Paul's eyes when he said that he needed help. And before that, on the boat, and the heat of a nuclear blast that happened 11 years prior that I can still sometimes feel when I fall asleep. And I just sit there for a few moments, so wrapped up in thoughts and feelings that I can bear, I can't move yet, before finally punching the center console as hard as I can, wincing as my probably cracked, maybe broken ribs protest the movement. But at least the pain is grounding to an extent, and I'm able to unbuckle my seatbelt and get out of the car and mechanically walk to my door. You get to the door, and your multiple locks still sit in front of you. Even though you've been in your house for a bit, coming home to it like this almost feels though that you're unlocking a vault. No. But I go through the process, and haul my stuff and Paul's stuff into the duplex and drop it all by the door. The house is dark. The house is quiet. It does feel peaceful. And I take my glasses off very carefully, put them down on the table by the door, put my keys down, lock everything back up, and walk toward the kitchen. I don't make it to the kitchen before I sink onto the floor and just start crying. Finally able to be safe enough to let out all of the everything that just happened. I'm scared. I'm angry. I'm going to have to button it all up and be Agent Rowan again tomorrow, but right now I'm just crying. The tears fall, and they do an okay job of cleansing your soul for the moment. Your team made it back, albeit maybe a bit fractured, in mind. Physically, they're here. You return them home. Father is not a threat anymore. The EOD is everywhere and ever-present, but the threat of father is no more. You feel comfortable with that. It almost feels as though there is a sick hollowness to that. 
Was it resolved for you? Was it the ending that Rowan, Samantha, needed? She doesn't know. She might not know for a long time. But that's going to be a thought in her head for quite a bit. Yeah. But for now, people are home. Or are being taken care of. And that has to be good enough right now. And so I pick myself back up and take a long, hot shower and try to get some sleep. Sleep comes to you from pure exhaustion. This is not a welcome sleep. This is not, I'm comfortable in my bed and I'm becoming one with my pillows and mattress. This is your head hit the pillow and even before your brain shut off because it's been cycling through every decision that you made. Every decision that you made confidently. You second-guess them just a tiny bit, but yet you push that out of your mind. What you did worked. The orders that you gave worked. These are the things that you keep telling yourself as a good leader. And then you hear your alarm clock going off. No dreams. You think your dream might have been your last thought of, this is what a good leader should do? You're not sure if that was a dream or if that was your brain mind thinking, but it's 6.30 in the morning. You hear a familiar bark outside. Yeah, I get up and shove my feet into shoes and go outside. It's still dark enough that I don't need my glasses at the moment, but go out in my tank top and sweats looking for puppy love. Chase is on his way back to Jonathan. And Jonathan has a, a cup of coffee as he's standing at the back door. He turns, he looks over, picks his cup of coffee up, takes a sip, quickly turns his head and looks at you and goes, Oh, you're home! Yeah, I got home last night. Sorry I didn't let you know. Uh, it's okay. Um, are you doing okay? It was a really long couple of days. I say sinking down to my knees and calling Chase over. Chase runs over and gives you kisses, gives a bark and kind of paws at you, then stops and then just buries his head in your chest, head down, almost as though it's a, a head, but tails wagging just a tiny bit, like he can read your emotion. Wrap my arms around his shoulders and lower my head to press my face into the back of his neck. His smell gives you a level of comfort, and you crack a smile as best you can. It's something. It's... And I say to him quietly, I... Your your dad should be... Your dad should be home pretty soon. He, he needed to stay over a bit longer, but he'll be back. He'll be back, I, I promise. He wags his tail and just buries himself deeper into your chest and your stomach and nearly knocking you over with that headbutt push. <laughs> Which does get a little bit of a laugh from Rowan as she just, like, starts scrubbing at, at his furtum to pet him. From above you. So, uh, is Paul gonna pick up, uh, pick up the puppers today? Um... I think it's going to be a few days before he or Andrew is going to be able to. Is, is that... Do you want me to take him for a bit? No, 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 no. Wait, wait, hang on. Do you need to take him for a little bit? <laughs> I don't know. I might. Okay. Um, 
but I, I need to go. Uh, I have a, I have a meeting in a bit and I need to compose myself and at least pretend to be professional for a little while. Right. Isn't everything just trying to be professional and, you know, pretending to be professional? Yeah. And when you're talking to the brass, man, that's the time. Yeah. And he, he wiggles his feet and you hear a bit of a squeak and Chase looks over at it and you see he's got these giant house slippers that have bunnies with little squeakers in them. Pretend to be professional. Squeak, squeak. The dog is going to attack those slippers if you aren't careful. No, you're not. Chase just looks up at him. If you were to dive, you would hear in Chase's head, oh yeah, I'm eating those. Yeah, I have kept my brain very carefully locked down as best as I can pretty much since the moment we touched the island, but a part of me wishes that I dared open up it, but right now I just, no, not even to Chase's voice right now. You gather your things, and what are you wearing to the meeting? So, for Agent Samantha Hodgson, her suits are her armor. And she chooses very carefully today because she is, even with the catharsis of having cried last night, she is still angry and afraid and holding so many emotions that right now she has to keep in check. So she takes the time to put on the the three-piece suit that she usually wears to weddings and funerals. You get ready and you get in your vehicle and drive to the office. You park in the parkade and walk to the Starbucks. Outside the Starbucks, leaning against the wall, is a man about six foot five, 300 pounds, longish white hair, long white beard. You've met this fellow before. This is Charlie. Oh, look at him. Are we talking out here or are we going inside? No, we're going to go for a walk. All right, let's walk. He keeps looking at his smartwatch, and you notice the watch doesn't have time on it. There's actually, it looks like there is some type of readout on the watch, a bunch of numbers, but not time. And when you get out of a certain range, he taps the watch. All right, Agent Rowan, our cell has returned from their mission, yes? Yes, for the most part. Was the mission a success? As far as we are able to tell, yes. All right. How much detail do you want now, and how much do you want to be in the report later? I want to know everything that you can tell me now. Rowan will tell him about the missing day, about crossing over into what we realized was 2011. She will tell him about the mannequins that were set up. She will tell him about the cultists that were there. If she got a a reasonable headcount of how many people were there, she will give that. The names of the people that she identified, including the former members of El Cell, Lion, and Lamb. Mention in passing the oddness of the little red tent that we found and the voice that I heard in my head. At this point, Rowan is not keeping much back. He asks a few clarifying questions. You get the sense he is very sincere. He is taking all of your information in. You do not get any sense of skepticism from him at all. And I tell him about that creature, Ball, and the portal, and the fact that it was blood that opened it, which wasn't really that much of a surprise. 
I will tell him... I will tell him that Rory had a break, and there were minimal physical injuries. We think that the majority of the cultists got off the island. They ran for boats. We think that they crossed over the time dilation or whatever it was that surrounded that island, but Lion is dead. I handled his body. Not sure about Lamb. You said that Lamb was shot. Did I? Yes, and you're, and you're telling me you said Lamb was shot. That is okay. It's been a very long couple of days. I can imagine. All right. So that is that. Agent Rory had a had a break. Is he a risk? No. Are you certain? Yes. His skill set is necessary. He needs to be efficient. I understand that. He understood himself that he needed to reach out for assistance. He has checked into a hospital in Hawaii. And knowing is half the battle. Isn't it, sir? So he potentially could be exposing some of these things to a therapist or to a someone else not in the know as we speak. I doubt it. You doubt it, but you do not know. I trust Agent Rory with my life. I do not doubt that. But do we trust Agent Rory with the fate of mankind. I suppose we're going to have to, since we're awfully short on the ground with other people who can do this kind of job, sir. I need to make sure that those that we have in our use are up for the use. Should he be retired out of our cell? I don't think so. But the real answer to that, I suppose, will depend on how long it is before we go out again. Well, I don't have anything for you right away. Good. I think that with time he will be alright. We don't always have the luxury of time, Agent Rowan. Do we have the luxury of time now? For the moment. Then we give it to him. He takes a deep breath. You hear a bit of a wheeze as he breathes out. How many do you think survived from the island? It's hard to say. I think that they were in small boats in the Samoan Island chain. I don't, I didn't see a larger vessel that they would have gone to and they didn't get on ours. So, Lion and Lamb are dead. I don't know about anyone else at this point. We were trying to get off the island before the thing blew. I didn't have a chance to look at anything else. We owe the director and the program a very large favor to get you out there. Granted, we we did some of his work, some of their work for them, but they're going to call on us sometime. And when they call on us, if it's within your specialties, I'm going to assign our cell to what they require. We were the one who incurred the debt. That seems fair. I worry, though. You've been through, what, four? Five? It depends on how you count them. And Agent Rooster is is fine, is operating. Yes. Agent River is operating. Yes. Agent Rowan, obviously you're operating. Right now, Agent Rory's not operating, but he will be. Correct. Yes. Why is this cause for concern? He looks down, looks up at you. Generally, 
you're considered geriatric now. Three missions, and granted, you have incurred some casualties, but just uh, someone being in a uh, hospital, which I'm glad. But normally the other teams don't last this long. Why is that? Are you serious? Yes, I'm dead serious. Look at what we go up against. Look at the things that we are dealing with. I've looked at them. I saw an Old Testament god coming through a portal. And you think others can survive that on a regular basis? Hell, the shit that you guys came encountered in Shaver Lake? Most don't survive that. Well, if most people are dropped in with the amount of information that we were given when we started, I'm not actually surprised. You got everything that I could give you. You got everything that we could give you. What more do you want? Oh, the world in a box to put it in. But at the time, I would have taken a heads up, a training. Something that I would expect from anything that's about to drop people into a situation where their life and sanity are at risk. Oh, let me call HR and we'll get right on top of that for you. You think there's training for this? No. I think there should be. There's no way we can train for this. Everything changes all the time. And we learn new things all the time. Yes, it seems like you don't know anything going in, but hell, we don't know anything going in. We don't know that the landlady has swallowed some alien creature and has expanded to seven times her size and explodes all over people. This is not something that there is a manual for, Agent Rowan. If you want a manual, the program has some manuals, but guess what? They cycle through people quicker than we do. They don't care. And then they get buried in an unmarked grave and a number gets etched on a wall in Arlington, Virginia. So yeah, we can get you training. I'm being sarcastic. I was about to say, I understand that to an extent from what I've seen. And admittedly, I've only been doing this for a couple of years. And part of that time I spent in a interrogation room in a bunker, what felt like a mile underground. There's a lot that we don't know. There's a lot that I imagine you don't know with all the years that you've been doing this. Do you think that we're not doing all that we can? I think that you knew that the that it was the esoteric order of Dagon in Mustang. You knew that because you put me on that. You put me on that because I was immune. Whatever the fuck that meant, I still am figuring that out. Which meant that you knew it would connect back to Project Covenant. But we didn't find out from you what Project Covenant was. We had to find that out from a different side. Which meant that that was how we got the information about where the Annex actually started. And the actual motivation of Marsh. I think that when you do have information, you don't give it as freely as you should. Unless I ask for it. And I do appreciate... I understand that when I ask for it, I get the information that I need. And that is very important. If I give you, or if I give every other cell leader, all of the information right ahead of things, if they become compromised, you know what the op security looks like then? You're given what you need to know at that point. If you need more information, we tell you more information as we know it. Hell, 
I bent over backward for you to transport a goddamn backpack nuke across the country, keep it in your house, get you off of a domestic terrorist list, then have you transport it to an island in the middle of the Pacific that's known for having nuclear explosions go off and having watchdog operations keep their eyes on that. We might have bit into a bit of luck with the fact that it's lost in time and space and not really this year or whatnot. I gotta look into that shit. A hell of a lot of luck. We looked at it right after the explosion went off and even the people who were our exfil team couldn't tell what had happened. Besides a weird wind that started. Alright, we're gonna mark this one as being resolved and closed. <sighs> as well as it could have been, I suppose. That's... It was a bad situation. Was it? Or was it the best possible situation that we could have had? A skilled team with the ordinance needed performed and survived. The outcome was the best that it could have been in the situation. The situation was dog shit. The outcome is the most important thing. You have to see that. Yes, that means if someone dies, they die. Does that mean that you're expendable? To a point. But we need to make sure that some biblical deity is not out stomping around in the South fucking Pacific wreaking havoc. Which is why we triggered that nuke, knowing that we might not have had time to get off that fucking island. And you did it. And you got off yeah. the island. We did. We were fast enough, smart enough, brave enough this time. And I hope that luck continues. So do I. I don't want to have to recruit another Arcel. Hmm. You've stopped at an area... You've been stopped for some time. And you're in an alleyway between two large concrete buildings. It's not even an alleyway, it's more of a walkway between the two. As you kind of assess your surroundings, you get this weird feeling of static all around you. In your ears and in your head. It's not painful, but it's present. It's almost as though it's tinnitus, but your tinnitus is turned to a dead channel. Where are we? He looks at his watch. He taps it. The static goes away. Oh. Um, I'm going to put in a request to review finances from that coffee shop around the way. We need to find out more. From the Starbucks? Yeah. I uh, might want to go further up. and It's not just the local branch. From what Lion was saying in a recording, sounds like the whole organization might be owned or controlled. It's a mermaid. How did we not see that? How did we not I, see that? I asked the same fucking question when I looked at it. I was like, it's a fucking siren. How did I forget that? I don't know. But from what he was saying, the whole damn thing is owned by the EOD. Yeah. You like rum? I do. I had a cleaning crew pick up a bottle of this, and he hands you a flask. At least it's worthwhile. Maybe something pleasant from, from your memories. I'll open it and take a sniff. It smells good. Does it remind me of what the G-Man fed me? Yes. Yeah, I thought so. Like, 
You know what? Fuck it. I'm not going to let him ruin a perfectly amazing rum. Right. Close it, slip it into my breast pocket, and then look at Charlie again. I don't mean to call your confidence into question, sir. I truly do appreciate everything that I do get. I recognize that being a bit more of a black box operation, I had a really rough time in this one. Everybody made it out. Somebody is getting help. There are ways to get them help. Is there anyone that we have contact with that he could be honest with without compromising us? We could reach out to Inez. I mean, she helped me. And you turned out all right. Look at you. Yeah, look at me. Mid-30s committing war crimes. It's great. It's not a war crime the first time. (laughs) I will remember that and try to avoid there being a second. You should still have Inez's uh, card. Yeah, I do. Give give it to Agent Rory. I'll put Rory in contact with her. Good. He puts his hand out for you to shake. No, take it. Squeeze gently. He doesn't have the dickhead type of squeeze, but it's a confident grip. I'm glad you made it, and we will. Uh, I will try not to send you out too soon. I really appreciate that. I think we need as much time as you can get us. I understand that uh, fate of the world, keep the candle burning for one more night, but we've been lucky so far. I don't want to push our luck if we don't have to. Well, your opera's not over, so let's keep going until that fat bitch sings. Yes, sir. Shall we head out out of this alleyway before people think we're weird? We're people reasonably well-dressed and in an alley. If anyone's walked past, they know we're weird. People don't think I'm really well-dressed. Jeans, hiking boots, t-shirt. Eh, it's hipster chic. Oh god, is that that what it is? These days, yeah. (sighs) He strokes his beard. You know what? I've gotten some of the best beard oil in the past couple years, so I guess I can't complain. Uh, but I buy you coffee. Somewhere that isn't Starbucks. Nah, I gotta stay away from too much caffeine. Kidney stones and all. Yeah, that's in my future. I hope that you get to experience them. Me too. Alright, Tiana, so let's work on POW from that. Because that gives you some you know, willpower and drive. I think that that scene really tied into that. Because you ended up giving up a point in the bond, I'm going to make a little bit of a home rule because I hate to see it be a a negative loss. Because if you fail your role, you don't get anything. And that's that's not cool. And still give up the point in the bond. That seems, I mean, it's certainly brutal uh, along the lines of the Delta Green system, but... Not fun. Nah. And the idea is having fun here. You're going to need it anyway. So since you lost one point of, in the bond, we're going to give you the – because we're dedicating the scene to that, we're going to give you one point of POW. Cool. Yeah, that's uh, – this was very much um, Rowan becoming an Oath of the Watcher's paladin, the whole swearing an oath thing. She's very uh, – she's very resolved now. Is that in that funny dice role-playing game with my initial plus another and initial and my you initial? You know exactly what game it is, sir. <laughs> Let's find out what's going on with Rory. 
Paul, you're finally discharged from the Hawaii Medical Center. You spent more time in Hawaii, but really did not get to see the island. Andrew was able to get some time off of work during this time, and he stayed with you every single day. He would come when he could, but you had meetings and therapy sessions. Things finally started to calm down for you. Your sleep is still not all that good at all, but you're getting maybe two hours of uninterrupted sleep. Then you're awake, and then it's it's dual phasal sleep at best, but you feel as though that your grip on reality, if you will, <laughs> has, uh, has gotten a little bit stronger. You fly back home to the Bay Area. Your commanding officer received word of your medical leave and has ordered you to get another test before you're allowed to get back into the office, but you do check in and, and get ready and get set up for home. Oh, shoot. Uh, Andrew, we have to go pick up Chase. Ooh, yeah. He's gonna... We should do something special for, for those two. Yeah. Um, I guess we could have him over or something. Yeah. We can make him dinner. Ooh, that'd be... Yeah, let's do that. I mean, I can't really cook. I mean, I can cook okay, but... Same. Um... So we could just go out to dinner. Treat them. Yeah. I like okay, that idea. Let's do that. That's way easier. I'd rather not poison somebody. Yeah. All right. I like it. But honestly, if they do, uh, you know, if we do poison them, you know, they're around two doctors though, right? That's true. That's true. I don't think they'd be too kind to us and we might need to have them watch Chase later on. But you know what? Now, Chase is going to be a ring bearer, so. Mm-hmm. You can go ahead. You go ahead and handle that. I'm going to take care of some stuff. Don't I got that bag. Don't worry. Okay. Thank you. Picks up the bags and takes them off into the bedroom, leaving you in your home. It's been some time since you've been here, and it feels comfortable. It feels right. I think I just kind of take it in, the house, the apartment, kind of let the normalcy wash over me for a little bit, and then I will text Jonathan and Casey, say, hey... I'm back. When's a good time to pick up Chase? We're here whenever you're ready. And there's a picture of them hugging Chase. Chase misses you. We miss him too. Yeah, we'll come by uh, later today. Excellent. And they text you the address once again. Even though you know it, Jonathan still sends it to you, just in case. Andrew comes back out of the bedroom. Uh, everything all, Everything all set up and ready? Uh, yeah, they said we can come by whenever. Okay, so you want to go get our boy? Let's do it. You want me to drive or you want to drive? Uh, I think you probably should drive. You know what? I should probably drive. Yeah. You look like you're a bit tired. Uh, yeah, two hours is better than nothing, but it's, uh, not quite getting a full night yet. He grabs your hand and interlaces his fingers in yours. Come on, let's go get our pup. I'll just follow him out. You arrive at the Rainbow House. There is a weird sense of familiarity here. Andrew gets out of the car and comes over, opens the door for you. Thank you. You're welcome. I figured you, you dozed off a little bit there, so... Did I? <laughs> yeah. You're out for a couple moments. But you know what? At least when you snore, it's cute. Alright, let's let's go get Chase. I'm, yeah, I want to see him. 
the front glass door shakes as there are two paws get thrown up onto the door. The door shakes and you hear in the background, okay, 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 we'll get the door open. And the door opens up and like a dart, Chase just leaps off the porch into your arms. He is a squiggly, squirmy, wormy mess of a dog. His tail going this way and that, his body going the opposite direction. Oh my goodness. You're just so excited. You're getting a tongue bath. You're just so excited, aren't you, boy? Alright, say hi to your dad. He heads over to, to Andrew and bounces and gives him a kiss and nearly knocks him over. Jonathan and Casey walk out onto the porch. They're just standing there, just smiling side by side. Uh, hey, we wanted to uh, thank you for watching Chase. Um, do you guys want to go out our treat to dinner sometime this week? They look at each other. and Jonathan pipes up. Yeah, that would be great. Um, you know, you don't have it doesn't have to be your treat. I mean, we got to hang out with this guy the, the entire time. He's a gem. Yeah, he is. Um, well, we were going to have you over to our place, but both of us hate cooking. Um, <laughs> that's what we thought. Maybe we could go out. Um, but I now just remembered that you guys took some really good food for that barbecue back in May. Casey smiles. We can cook if you want. We can do something here. Yeah, let's just do that. That's simple. Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. Um, let's just set up a day when, when you guys are free and... You know, so happy to uh, see you guys. It's nice seeing you guys. Yeah, you too. Chase jumps up and nearly takes you out from behind. Your knees buckle. Oh my god. All right, all right. We need to get you home, I think. <laughs> They're like, no, no. We, oh, oh. Jonathan kind of faux pouts. You sure? He could stay a little bit longer. No, I think I think we should take him back. Okay. We'll bring it. We'll bring him with us. You better. And Chase runs over to them and licks their hand and kind of runs around them a little bit and then comes back and sits sits down, staring up at the both of you longingly. Out of character, has Andrew met them yet? Jonathan and Casey, I can't remember. No, no. Okay. Oh, I'm really dumb. You guys haven't actually met, right? No. Andrew, Jonathan, Casey, Jonathan, Casey, Andrew. Casey looks over. And just smiles, gives him a really big smile. And you hear him whisper, he's cute. I know. Sh- they're engaged. Oh, shit. Sorry. <laughs> Andrew and Jonathan and, and Casey all, uh, they all shake hands and, and greet each other. And yeah, let's let's get something set up for next week, Jonathan replies. Or for this week, whichever, whenever, whenever you guys are free. Yeah, uh, I'll text you. All right. Sounds good. All right, buddy. You going to be okay? Chase looks up at them and gives a bark and then puts his head in between both yours and Andrew's as he kind of like wiggles his way and he's touching both of you. I'm just going to reach down and pet him, scratch him behind the ears. And... He's with his dads. He's 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 not going to ever want to come back. Jonathan says sad, sadly. All right. Well, we'll see you later this week. I'll text you uh, when I have a date, but we should get back. All right. Sounds good. Um, you guys have a good day. Bye, Chase. Oh, hang on. We got to, we have some toys for him. Oh, no. And Casey runs in, and after a couple minutes, he comes out with a orange clothing basket, one of those folding clothing baskets filled with a bunch of toys and a blanket. 
And you see there's a pair of Game Theory sweatpants. Paul doesn't know that those are Sam's, so he doesn't comment on them. <laughs> Grabs the basket and takes it with him to the car. Your uh, 60 pounds of happiness is jumping up and down and, you know, circling in the car. And he puts his head on your shoulder and gives you a kiss. And he seems very content. You feel good having him nearby again. Jonathan and Casey head back to their door. And this seems like this has sparked a good friendship or solidified a friendship. So for establishing a new bond, because you're going to be spending a, a bit more time, you know, with, with these guys, we're going to include them as one bond, the two of them, because they're kind of inseparable. I would like you to make a charisma times five test. I got exactly my charisma score. Excellent. Normally, this would be a bond equal to half your charisma stat. What's your half? What's your charisma stat? Uh, Ten. Ten. So that would be a five. But we're, since you rolled a critical success, we're going to go ahead and give them a ten. They're going to prove to be good friends. Wow. You know, you've developed a, a strong bond with them. Now, your bond is probably through, originally started through Chase, but there's a friendship there that's going to hopefully last a lifetime. However long or short that is. Let's see what's going on over at River's house. Mike, you're awakened one Saturday morning, not too long after you've returned back from the Pacific, and you hear this banging outside of your house. At times it's rhythmic, but other times it sounds as though that it's a little bit of chaos. And you hear the sound of metal clashing against metal. Oh, what kind of asshole starts a construction work at, at what time is it? 7 a.m. on a Saturday. Oh, this is ridiculous. Oh, I don't really want to confront them, though. You hear something hit the side of the house. What the hell? That, that was my house. I'm going to go take a look out in the yard. You see that there's a pile of two-by-fours set up and a few sheets of plywood. And from the angle, you see another plywood piece get dropped. <sighs> I'm going to uh, go open the door and, and find somebody to yell at. As you're walking down the stairs, Jen comes out of the shower wrapped in a robe. Mike, what what was that noise? Uh, some Somebody's in our yard with a bunch of wood. Some lumberyard got the wrong address or something? I don't know. Oh, okay. So... Got scared for a second there. Go tell them we don't we don't need any. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm heading out there now. You walk downstairs and you open your sliding glass door into the backyard, and you see that a set of horses have been propped up, and then the quick sound of a circular saw cutting off a bit of a piece of two by four and it hitting the ground. Hey, what the hell is going on here? What? Don't come out here without eye protection. Rooster? Yeah. This is my house. Yeah, that's... I would hate to be building a shed for Katie at someone else's house. What? I texted you. I told you. I was gonna build a shed for Katie. Um... No. You didn't. Wait, did you really not get a new phone yet? 
Yeah, I did. Alright, well I texted you. You should have known about this. When? Last night. I told you I was going to stop at the lumberyard, pick up the stuff, and get here as soon as I could so I could start early. That way I could actually finish today. I didn't get... You got you coffee, by the way? I could, use an, I could use another cup. You know, I could probably use some coffee, too. Cool. Wait uh, here. Why don't you go inside, make us some coffee. I need to uh, get the chop saw fired up so I can actually get this going. And, um, yeah, uh, you can come out when it's time for the nail gun. How about that? The nail gun? Did you want to do it all by hand? You've got a nail gun? Of course I've got a nail gun. You don't have a nail gun? I'm going to go make the coffee. Do you, wait, do you have a table saw? I've got a table and a saw. What kind of shop do you have? I, I'm a homeowner. I'm not a carpenter. You've actually got a garage. Yeah, and I've got, I've got a couple of saws and some hammers and, and, you know, tools. Some of them are electrical. Oh my god. Remind me... Remind me next time I come over, I'm gonna bring you one of those little, like, purple kits with all the basics so you have something. So that at least I know you have a screwdriver and a level. Oh yeah, I've got those. How about a stud finder? I'm not going there. Okay, go make coffee. And bring eye protection. Okay, I will go in and... Find Jen. Jen is getting dressed upstairs, and you see your phone and the little blue lights showing that you got a couple notifications. Um, it's um, uh, it's uh, Jeremy, um, from from the team. Why is he here? He says he's building a shed for Katie, and apparently uh, he texted me about it. Let me let me take a look at my phone here. 2 a.m. Well, yeah, there it is, 2 a.m. It says, Hey, your kid needs a place to do science stuff without creepy book shed. I'm gonna make her a shed. I'll be there at 6.30, have coffee ready. Okay, um, I'm gonna make some coffee. Jen's just looking at you, kind of agog. Is he just gonna come over and do home improvement projects? Because I've always wanted a koi pond. Um, maybe? You know, we've been wanting to do a couple things in the backyard. Yeah, um, that, that, that one door still sticks. Huh, this could be a good thing. And she walks over and taps you on the chest. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's, let's see what we can do. Let's, let's see what he'd be willing to do. Sure. We're definitely going to need lots of coffee. All right, Ben. So since we're going to be working on Rooster's sanity here, and Seth, we're going to work on River's sanity as well. Mechanically, it's both the same. And we're going to do a – because I think the personal motivation for Rooster trying to build – and protect his people and his team is going to be that focus on mechanics. It's and less the protection at this point is more of he needs to do something actively. And, you know, he grew up 
his parents owned a hardware store and he knows tools and so he doesn't have a yard and well teenage girls need retreats he guesses places that he probably imagines that katie will need a place to hide from her parents secrets at some point and we're going to use the same motivation idea for uh river as well the same concept same mechanics so i'd like for both of you to make a sand test for me Okay. Do we want to succeed or fail this one? You want to succeed on this. I did not. 81. Okay. 82. Wow. So, there was no fumble here, so you're not going to lose San. And again, like I mentioned earlier, I don't like uh, a negative on this. What we're going to do, though, is we're going to increase your sand by one. Normally, on a success, you'd increase your sand by one. We're going to say you're, you increase your sand by one, even on a failure. But if you did succeed on it, you would have gotten 1d4 to bump up your sand. Okay, so you... Wait, what about the next day? Because we know that Jen is going to make Rooster do all kinds of more <laughs> shit. Does he get to roll again for all the no, other no, shit No, 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 no. But because... You two have strengthened your bond with each other due to this event. I would like Seth and Ben, I want you both to roll 1d4, and we're going to add that to your bond that you have with each other. Seth, what did you get? Four. Excellent. And Ben? In the box. Four. So during your time, yes, you're right. Brewster is probably telling River what to do. And River is pointing out the measurements and the angles that are incorrect or making slight adjustments to make sure things line up perfectly. Because even though he's kind of got that under control, he still kind of sees those things. Time for some R&R for Rowan. Let's find out what's going on there. Rowan, you return back to work and things are back to normal. New case files. Sam drops a, a list of interviews that need to be done in the, in the upcoming future. You do have a little bit of time off coming. You mentioned that you wanted to maybe get into meditation, kind of center yourself. Yeah, with all of the stuff that I have been learning about myself over the last month or so, I haven't really had time to stop and think about all of it. But recognizing that I basically have the equivalent of a mental loaded gun, and I don't, ha I don't know how to put the safety onto it. So trying to figure out how to center myself, figure out how to shore up my defenses, just learning what I can about brain shenanigans and about myself as a person i guess because this whole aspect of myself is not something that i ever knew about it's like what other fucking surprises are hanging out in there you do a little bit of research and you find a non-religious meditation convention or retreat at little black sands beach and that is uh, up near shelter cove you check your map of Shelter Cove, and it's pretty far north. Road trips are nice. I'm not entirely sure about going and sitting by the ocean while working on this, but eh, take what we can get, I guess. You do a pretty quick background check on the person running the event, and it comes up that they have not had any other priors other than some pot arrests in the uh, early 2000s, 
and just in looking over, they don't. There's no real red flags that pop up. Also on their website, and for people that have testimonials, you don't see any names that pop up that give you red flags. So no marshes, no lambs. I'd be very likely to nuke it from orbit just to be sure if it turned out to be marshes or lambs. But you don't have a nuke anymore. Not anymore. Figure of speech. Figure of speech. You settle in and find a place, and it's being held at the Castle Inn of the Lost Coast. Cool name. Seems to be a pretty fancy little hotel that overlooks the ocean, and uh, Little Black Sands Beach is just a little bit north of that. All right, well, I've got some time off coming to me, and the last time that I took time off was not at all relaxing, so I'm going to put in for the time off and attend a meditation thing. This is very difficult for Rowan to wrap her brain around because while she was raised religious, she was never into the woo-woo side of it. And now she's over here, like, willingly going to a meditation seminar. You hop in your Sonic Boom Subaru and head north when you finally get the approved time off. This isn't a cheap meditation retreat at all. The trip through the northern northern forest and along the coast is a peaceful one and brings you a bit of zen and calmness as, as you travel through and you arrive in this tiny town. Now, it's a town that is fairly affluent as it's a, a, a coast town and you find the hotel and you get set up with your room and you've got a beautiful view of the ocean. The next day, you're set up with a itinerary for the retreat and you have a small class first thing in the morning and as the sun is coming up there's some folks doing yoga out on the grass overlooking the ocean and you're kind of looking around and a, a tall fellow in linen pants and a linen shirt a close-cut beard and a top knot man bun uh, approaches you hey welcome hi good morning how are you doing i'm all right how about you not bad i'm devlin uh, hi, I'm Sam. Uh, Samantha, but I go by Sam. Okay. He looks at his phone and scrolls. Oh, there you are. So you are going to be doing one of the full packages, yes? Yeah, you know, I uh, drove up from Sacramento. Might as well uh, get everything that I, that I can out of this. All right. Well, we're going to do a morning meditation. We do incorporate some yoga, and uh, that's what we're going to get it set up with. And do you have a mat? Uh... I don't. I don't. I haven't done yoga since I was in university. All right. That's okay. I've got one. We got one for you that you can take home. It's branded and you can tell your friends about us. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. He gets you the mat and there's a an open spot and there's only about eight or ten people. As he's going through the poses with everyone, his voice is very calm. It is a nice, relaxing calm. Not in a hypnotic way, but nearly. The sounds of the ocean behind him seem to accentuate his voice. We take this spot because we're close to the sea and close to the ocean, and it lets you breathe in. Breathe in that salt water. Go ahead, breathe in. Yeah. And breathe out all of the bad stuff. You know, the ocean is right here. We know what it's going to do. It's not going to betray us, but we have to treat it with, with caution and respect. Embrace the ebb and flow of everything. 
Yeah, this is making Rowan a little bit edgy because this sounds very close to the sorts of things that the voice or father would say. And she's blinking rapidly behind uh, her glasses as she's trying very hard to stay focused. We are put here as shepherds and custodians of the earth. And so we need to make sure that we're doing what we can and respect the mother ocean. You know, as we take deep breaths and we could feel the earth breathe, feel the wind, feel the sea, feel the spray on your face. Refresh yourself in your own love of self. Rowan actually like wobbled in the yoga position that she was in when he said Mother Ocean, but managed to not fall over. Small blessings. Now, everyone sit down into a lotus position and open your minds. Listen to the things around you. Listen to the surf. Use the gifts that you have been given. Use the things that you have in front of you. You only have to refresh yourself. Rowan, you could hear everyone's thoughts. The blonde woman named Barbie that's up there in front of you on the left is fascinated with the thinness of the linen on this man's pants. I'm keeping my mind open, recognizing that this is why I'm here, be whether they know it or not, and try to settle into the breathing and... Almost subconsciously, my breathing falls into the rhythm of the surf below. Just the very gentle in and out and start not cataloging the thoughts of the people around me, but very gently quieting them down to the whisper so that I have control over what I hear. Before you know it, the meditation session is over and your heartbeat is slightly elevated, but it's almost like there's an excitement, like... You were on to something. Mm-hmm. Devlin comes over to you and says, what did, what did you think? Uh, quite, uh, quite the experience. I don't think I've ever tried meditation while sitting next to the ocean. Very, uh, very different. It's calming. And when you, when you get into it, when you find out, find the true nature and the power of that, it's, it's, it's transformative. Yeah. Um, yeah, it certainly can be, can't it? Yeah. You know, uh, we've got a couple more things going on today. You've got a few choices. You know, we try to take a gestalt view on all of the things. So, you know, we try to uh, attack meditation in all ways. Well, um, something about this, uh, what you were talking about with uh, the opening the mind that I I was uh, I was vibing with that. I'm not sure what other direction I should go with for something like that. Excellent, excellent. Uh, I always love when people say that. What, vibing? Yeah, vibing, because that's what it is, is you're feeling it. You're feeling it. You're feeling the vibe. You're getting tuned in. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's actually kind of what it felt like. It was like um, tuning a radio dial. Pretty neat. Well, soon you'll be able to listen to the, uh, you know, to the sound of the ocean. Um, but hey, I've got to get on to my next class. Um, glad that you made it here. You know, um... If you want, I recommend go put your feet in the ocean. Washes away those things unclean. I'm going to like open my mind a little bit. Like I haven't completely closed it after that and just be like try to try to taste his surface thoughts to be if to see if he's to see if he is in the EOD 
mindset of thinking at the moment, because he's saying so many things that are just pinging the red flags in Rowan's head. His mind is blank. Interesting. Before he goes, then I want to, like, stick my hand out and offer it for, for a shake and be like, this really been helpful. Thank you so much. Oh, you're quite welcome. And he shakes your hand. I'm, you know, we've got four more full days of this. Hope to see you in the morning tomorrow. I'm sure I'll be around. And as I'm holding his hand and I have that flesh to flesh touch, I want to try again because I remember that Jonathan couldn't get into my head without that. Father loves you always. So we're going to have you, because it adds one to your skill, um, we're going to do the same. My stat, um, you mean? Yep. One to, the, one to the stat, excuse me. And then you will lose one point in, your, in one of your bonds, and that will increase your POW okay. once more. I'm going to bump Peter down one more. I haven't chatted with him in a while. I'm Tiana Hansen, and I play Rowan. I'm Ben Sislavski, and I play Rooster. I'm Seth Jones, and I play River. I'm Joseph Newman, and I play Rory. I'm Dan Voshkevich, the Handler. Our story is based upon the role-playing game Delta Green by Arc Dreams Publishing. Delta Green is created by Dennis Detweiler, Adam Scott Glancy, and John Scott Tynes. Season 3, Act 3 is an original scenario titled In Time and Space, written by me, Dan Voshkevich, with the help of the rest of the Redacted Reports cast. If you like our story, there are a few ways you can support us. First, you can check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash theredactedreports. Patrons of our podcast will receive early access to episodes, Rowan's written reports to each story, as well as other goodies and opportunities exclusive to our patrons. We offer special thanks to our $20 and up patrons, Stephen Schwartz, Director Arayo, Jonathan Powell, Skelly Lichboy, Tom Padula, M.S. Aznikar, Heather Ney, Jen Obertaz, Jake Blair, Bomb Clancy, Kit Thompson, Danny, Lady Bedeville, Sherrick Manning, Andrea of the Burbs, Red Dead Coquette, Blardimus, Ginger Fury, Dr. Christian Lehman, and the entity some have called George. If you can't support us directly, that's okay. Please support us by telling people about us. Leave a review wherever you get your podcast and follow us on the usual social media sites. The Redactor Reports is edited and produced by Tiana Hansen and is distributed by Quests and Chaos. If you like what you hear with us, give Quests and Chaos YouTube and Twitch channels a visit. They play Dungeons & Dragons and Call of Cthulhu on a weekly basis. And that's the end of Season 3 for us. Now, we're going to go on a hiatus for a short time. Season 3 was quite long, don't you agree? But don't you worry, you little heads. It won't take long. You know, we'll be back before you know it. So stay tuned for further details. We might even have a mission for you.